Hello and welcome to Beyond MND. My name's James and in this podcast we'll be trying to raise awareness by sharing experiences of both myself and others living and dealing with motor neuron disease. Coming up on this episode, I talk all about cars and driving while living with motor neuron disease. So let's get started and go Beyond MND. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of my podcast Beyond MND. Thank you very much for joining me. I've been super rubbish again in being consistent with this podcast, but I believe it's quality over quantity. Life does get in the way sometimes, and being a father to three beautiful but very hard work children, uh, especially with one of them refusing to go to school at the moment, it is life draining, I suppose. And hats off to my wife, if you're listening, you're doing an amazing job. But on this episode, I wanted to talk about an experience that I have gone through in the last sort of 18 months with finding the right car to to keep my independence while living with motor neuron disease. So just to bring you up to speed, when you get diagnosed with a terminal illness that can affect your mobility, uh, I would imagine, like myself, with motor neuron disease you have to inform what's called the DVLA which is a driving license uh, authority here in the UK and they will then contact your doctor or the, the neurologists that were looking after you to establish what your health is like and whether you, they feel that you're able to still drive so in my case I had a, a form that I had to fill out and my neurologist sent it back off to the DVLA I believe and my license went from being able to drive anything up to 3.5 tons and I could obviously get a license to drive anything bigger so 7.5 and and above but the 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 3.5 and bigger got taken away and I also had to renew my license every 12 months so it was on a, a recurring 12 month schedule so I am now about nearly two years into my uh, my renewal part of my driving license so I've already renewed it twice and the same process has, has happened when I first did it and I had to send off my, my my driving license my doctor had to give me sort of a medical sign off and the DVLA decided whether I have another 12 months or whether I have to have an assessment and as I, I assume as time goes on I will then have to have what's called a physical assessment and potentially you almost do like a little mini driving test now that doesn't that doesn't bother me but you know what i mean yeah you, you've driven for you know since i was 17 i'm i'm 39 this year and uh you know you, you don't drive like you used to <laughs> well i never drove well anyway if any of my friends are listening they'll probably tell you that oh, you could never drive anyway he was a lunatic and i probably was i thought i was uh if anyone remembers colin mccray i thought i was him driving around my little one litre car and uh but those those days have gone now i drive like miss daisy now or, or drive like your nan and uh take her it very steady but i feel very fortunate i'm still able to drive but i had to make some adaptions and one of those adaptions were to change our vehicle so when you uh get diagnosed with a terminal illness especially mnd you normally will be able to be eligible for a disability allowance through the UK government and that is called PIP so personal independence payment 
So that will enable you to get um, sort of help financially because obviously you're not able to potentially work. And part of that PIP award or, or payment has a mobility part. Now that mobility part you can utilize through something called the Motability Scheme. And the Motability Scheme is a scheme that you're able to basically lease with your mobility part of your allowance. Things like cars, electric scooters, uh, walking aids, things like that. But the majority of people that use the Motability Scheme will go for a, a vehicle. And that's exactly what I did about six months into being diagnosed because I found my current car a it was too small for me and my growing family and just after I was diagnosed we we had our third child and so a family of five in a small little hatchback just wasn't gonna gonna work as they get bigger and driving a manual I was finding a little bit sort of cumbersome you know I had to put a little bit more effort into changing gear you know I'm still able to to steer the car and everything like that maneuvering you know it's it's fine it's just the little sort of you know turn in the road or you know parking up the car just takes a little bit more effort so I said to my wife you know what Um, we're going to need to get an automatic car now again bring you up to speed I spent about 10 years of my working life in the motor trade as a car salesman some people would call me a dodgy car salesman but I learned quite a lot about cars in that that 10 year sort of stint of uh selling cars and one of those was being able to be trained to sell motability vehicles and I got very good at it I really enjoyed it and that is what I then had to utilize now being classed as disabled and if you want to hear what or, or, or experience what amazing customer services, and you think I'm going to probably do a little plug for from the motability scheme here, but but I'm not. But it's it's justified. They have got probably one of the best, if not the best, customer service in any company that I've ever spoken to. And please, I I advise you to just call them. It's they're they're really really good. And I had to experienced that firsthand as now a customer and I also experienced that as someone on on the other side of the desk selling to a customer and either either time it was awesome so um, highly recommend the motability scheme if you're looking at purchasing a new vehicle so me and my wife had the now sort of task of finding a car that's going to suit us now if you don't know what and how the motability scheme works Basically, you utilize the mobility part of your PIP allowance. And in my case, it worked out about £200 per month. So bear in mind, £200 is going to be subsidized or utilized from your mobility part of your disability allowance. But that is going to pay for not only a car, but the maintaining of that car. And I'm talking tires, windscreen wipers servicing mot just general maintenance you know if i get a flat tire if i get a nail in the tire i can take it to uh you know the local garage that is linked with the motability scheme and they will just change it free of charge same with windscreen wipers same with light bulbs so you add that all up 
and you think, hmm, £200, that's a lot of money. You know, I can go and get another car for, you know, £100 a month. You know, what? That's, that sounds quite a lot. But, you know, we had to go and find a seven-seater automatic. Now, you put seven-seater automatic into the search system that the Motability website has, and there isn't a lot of choice. And as soon as you type in automatic, the price of cars just shoot right up. So we whittled down to about two vehicles to go and look at. And having experience in selling these these cars when I was in the motor trade, if you're listening to this, I would I would recommend going to your local dealership that that is linked with the Motability scheme, and speak to a Motability specialist um, because seeing a car before you decide which one's going to be the best is definitely definitely worthwhile doing don't base it on what's on on the website and that's exactly what we almost did even though i had 10 years worth of experience selling cars i found two cars and one of which was within our budget and i know i said you know we don't you don't pay for that you only pay for it through your mobility sort of section of the 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 pip award you still have to pay what's called an advance payment. That that two hundred odd pounds a month out of your allowance will only cover certain priced vehicles. So if they're over that price that the mobility scheme has set, uh, you will have to pay what's called an advance payment. So it's not a deposit; you don't get it back. It just brings up that shortfall of where the costs don't match up. If you know what I mean. So we had a budget in mind because we knew we were trading in our previous car so we were looking at cars that had anywhere of sort of a thousand to fifteen hundred pounds advance payment so we found two cars that basically ticked all the boxes as a seven seater and it was automatic and i don't know what the world is doing at the moment with cars but they all seem to be now electric and these two cars were a hundred percent electric we had no other choice there was no petrol no diesel no hybrid so we were like, well, you're gonna have to. We're gonna have to change our mindset of, of being able to drive an electric car, you know. And I'll I'll explain a bit more about that shortly. But we went down to the dealership and looked at two of these cars. One of which was a nine seater, almost like a minibus. And as soon as we jumped in it, I knew exactly what my wife was thinking, and it was too big. You know, I was. It was basically a a Ford Transit size van with windows and nine seats in the back which we didn't need and it was also fully electric so we're thinking well that's going to be way too big that's going to you know you're not going to get many miles out of that um so then we saw it's almost like it's baby brother and it was a another van derived car uh but this one had seven full seats and again it was also electric being making that automatic and it just ticks all the boxes so we went ahead and ordered it and we ordered this car at the time where the world was going nuts with either, you know, disagreements between two different countries. Uh, I'll let you decide which two countries I'm talking about there, which had a massive impact in being able to get parts for new cars, which were having which was having a detriment effect to, you know, the timescales in ordering new cars. Now, with Motability, you've got a couple of options and I don't know whether it's changed since I last was involved with it but you can order a normal car you know any car that's on the list of that's available within the scheme and if you need adaptions 
when you come to order it you can be advised through either the the motability specialist or if you've spoken to motability directly they can advise what adaptions you may need and that could be a steering wheel aid hand controls uh if you are wheelchair bound or you know you can't physically drive at all and you need a ramp installed in the back you can get all of that done that is what part of the the process that you go through to to get a, a new vehicle through the scheme which i think is amazing you know if you were to do that yourself I think it would just be an absolute minefield. So to have that available to us, I think is worth its weight in gold, which is why I have gone for a motability car. Um, anyway, so you've we went to order the car and it was uh, estimated about 12 months uh, sort of lead time. And that was on the proviso that that certain parts could, you know, come in from the, the certain countries that were having disagreements. And... Uh, 12 months went past. I think it ended up being 14 months that we had to wait for the car to arrive and went to go and pick it up, traded our car in, and that's where we are today. We have had an electric point installed uh, to charge the car. Um, that was an absolute nightmare, really. Um, and that wasn't the, the motability's part or fault. Uh, that was just, I think it was either the council or the government because basically when you order a new electric car, the, the government uh, currently still do, or, or they used to, give you a grant to go towards fitting an electric charge point. But the red tape involved in getting that done, you had to have a, you know, a driveway, a drop curb, and we didn't have either of those. So we had to fund a charge point ourselves and to give us the ability to charge our car. And uh, in the meantime, we were using the charge points around, you know, the, the, the country. And that's where I think electric cars, having owned one for now eight months to nine months, I think that is where they aren't quite there yet. You know, they either need to increase the range. Now, we get about 170 miles on a good day when, a, when we fully charged our car and you know, if it's a if it's a cold day, that range goes down. If it's re wet, windy or rainy, and you've got the windscreen wipers going, or it's now coming through to the winter, so you've got the heating on. You know, all those things have a, a an effect to the range. And we only went up to visit a family member uh, recently, and we had to drive what was going to be only about a, a ninety minute to to two hour drive, and it ended up taking us about three and a half hours because we had to stop off halfway to charge our car for twenty five minutes and uh, hope that there was a charge point available so i think the infrastructure needs to increase as well as the range on electric cars and i think we're getting there i think we're getting there um in terms of cost on how much it it costs in comparison to us comparing it to say a, a normal engine like a petrol or diesel it costs us currently about 13 pounds to get 175 miles so you compare that to putting a full tank of fuel in our old car which was anything from 70 to 80 pounds and we were getting maybe 350 miles from from that that amount we're saving quite a bit of money and that's only because of the type of driving we're doing we're doing short round town trips and very little long drives if you know what i mean so it has its pros and cons it has its pros and cons i couldn't afford to finance or purchase the vehicle that we've actually been able to get through the motability scheme if it wasn't for 
the motability scheme. The car itself is, I think, is valued at about 35,000. So it doesn't take a genius to work out, you know, if you were to finance that over three or four years, it's going to cost you a lot, lot more than £200 per month. And then you've still got things like servicing, MOTs, maintenance, tyres, windscreen wipers, all the things I mentioned before. So, you know, take what I say with a pinch of salt, do your research. But if you would like any advice in terms of getting a new vehicle, I would highly recommend the Motability Scheme. Now, you can get used vehicles on this scheme but it's very few and far between i think there's only one dealership in the whole of the uk that you can utilize um that to buy a used vehicle so i'll put a link in the description if i can find out which dealership that is i don't know whether it's the same whether they've changed uh but you can get a used one which can it's still taken out of your mobility part of your disability allowance but you can have the flexibility of getting a car basically straight away rather than having to wait for it because i think although the lead times for new cars have have come down a little bit you're still going to have to wait at least six months to to get a new car and if you're going to get a wheelchair accessible vehicle where they've had to adapt that car to have a ramp installed or a lift or a hoist then that's going to only add that you know increase that lead time if you know what i mean so when i was selling uh, wav cars as i called them uh, you know you're looking at a minimum of nine nine months and that was before you know the, the the troubles in those two particular countries so i hope that has helped you understand a little bit more about what my journey was in going from diagnosed to finding a car and utilizing the disability allowance to go and get a motability vehicle uh, it's a really, really simple process. If you need any more assistance, I'm more than happy to chat to you uh, directly. So please feel free to reach out. I'll put my contact details um, either through my social media platforms beyond MND. Uh, I'm on Instagram, TikTok, and I've also got a Facebook group. So if you'd like to join the Facebook group where we have um, almost a thousand members now, or either carers for people with motor neuron disease or ALS or warriors and uh, MND patients themselves. So please feel free to join that group and there's a lot of support on there. If you like the, uh, the, the podcast episode, please feel free to drop a like, subscribe, comment, share. And if you want to support the podcast in any way, there'll be a link in the description to uh, buy me a cheeky coffee and uh, that helps a, a long way in keeping this podcast and website alive to to share my journey and hopefully inspire others so thank you very much for listening uh i will speak to you on the next episode i've got some very exciting guests coming up on the the future episodes and hopefully i'll be a bit more consistent than i have been so thanks again for listening and uh take care